Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Next up, Lou Jerry and Pincer Zach. so much easier than cutting. I should just try to get the ball in one shot every time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast, a podcast that is a podcast that is still and always from the back tees. I'm Jerry and with me as always is Zach Penser and Nolan Tiger Smith. Zach, how are we doing today, buddy? You know, I'm doing pretty good managing to deal with this whole uh, coronavirus thing. Getting going a little crazy inside, but I think I'll manage. You still in Florida? I'm still in Florida. Eventually, I'll head back to Montreal, but apparently, it's terrible in Montreal. So, well, you're you're damn near officially an American now. We can we can discuss that later. Uh, Nolan, how you doing, buddy? Up in Portland? Hanging, hanging out, man. It's uh, it's beautiful, beautiful out this week. As uh, it looks like pretty nice down there in Bandon too. Um, but yeah, trying to keep my head on straight with. Working from home still, so that's crazy. Uh, that's, that's, well, that's nice, Nolan. It's not that nice down here at Bandon, but, uh, but thank you for asking. Uh, Zach, we got a really big guest on the show today. Who in yes. the half is it? We got, we got a great guest on the show today. It's PGA Tour winner Ryan Armour on the show. You're the first PGA Tour winner to come on. We've had a couple winning caddies out there. We have a couple future winners who have been on the show. Wait a second. Arjun Atwal is going to be pissed if he's listening to this episode. Fuck. <laughs> better give Arjun his props we have second PGA Tour winner on the show Ryan Armour how are you doing Ryan? I'm doing alright thanks for having me guys this is uh, should be a fun time I'm yeah, just hanging down here in Jupiter Florida with my family wife and two boys 11 and 8 trying to deal with all the craziness I think all of you are uh, it's just such an unsettling time not kind of not knowing when the world is going to get back to somewhat normalcy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I happen to catch in your uh, social media feed on Twitter the uh, whole homeschooling of the two boys and whatnot. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and we were saying right before recording, I was, I was just afraid in terms of how the times are changing. I share your sentiment in terms of, like, apprehension. I don't even have kids. I'm thinking about having kids, and if I do, I'll have to deal with that in five or six years. I mean... <clears throat> it's, it's a tough time. I mean, my wife and I are up, you know, in the morning. They have to be there for online for eight o'clock announcements and then the school day starts it's i mean it's eight fifteen to about two o'clock every day hmm. and i'm kind of having to relearn a lot of stuff even though it's only third and fifth grade uh to be able to teach them which is it's kind of crazy um but I, I can get by with the third and fifth grade stuff if i had a seventh <laughs> or eighth grader i don't know if i could do it well, i don't know if you've <laughs> seen are you smarter than a fifth grader but that show is pretty <laughs> tough so maybe not that's that's big. Big. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, well, real quick, Zach, uh, Ryan, in case anyone's living under a rock, uh, can you give us, like I like to tell for a lot of the caddies or industry types that we have on the show, can you give us your elevator pitch? I mean, uh, like uh, where you're from, where you went to school, what got you into golf? Because I know we all know you've been around the block a lot. You're a tour winner. You've been a grinder yeah. on, on the uh, sub tours and whatnot. But, I mean, how did you get into golf? Uh Grew up in Akron, Ohio, a suburb of Akron, Ohio, and uh, played all sports growing up. As you know, growing up in the North, everything is seasonal. So by the time I was in like seventh grade, I narrowed it down to basketball and golf. Played, you know, basketball through high school, uh, and then ended up going to Ohio State. Played uh, all four years there. Under all Coach American. Brown. Three years, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I wasn't all American, but. I don't know how many years. I probably just won, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> big deal. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh, and then uh, turned pro. I stayed an extra year because I wanted to get my degree, so my eligibility was up. But I stayed to graduate. And then turned pro in fall of '99. Didn't get through the school until 2003. So mm. I jumped around a bunch of mini tours. 2000, 2001, two. And then got through the school in three and started on the nationwide at the time, which is now the Corn Ferry Tour in 04. And had my rookie season on the PGA Tour in 07. 
played on the tour for a couple of years, then lost my status from nine through 14 and then got my status back in 15, lost it again in 15, got it back in 17 and been on tour since 17. Because you won that Sanderson, right? Did, uh, what type of eligibility came with that? Uh, I think I'm still playing out of that right now, actually. Wow. Uh, because I won in the fall, so that counted as a win in 18. Okay, okay. I just yeah. assumed so I you, you... I'm sorry, so you get. So since you win a fall event, that counts as, like, the next year. You know, we have the wraparound now. Yeah. Yeah. So I won in the 17-18 season, so I'm exempt all of that season and the following two. So 19, 18, 19, 19, 20. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. <clears throat> the wraparound confuses all of us. Yeah. I just, God, I just discovered it like four or five years ago, honestly, God, and I thought like I was a really astute golf viewer growing up. I mean, I thought the golf tournament started with the Mercedes Championship in Kapalua January 1st every year. Like, I just thought that's what it was. <laughs> Man, that's the 12th tournament of the year now. It's crazy to think we have 11 in the fall. Yeah, and, and it was very ignorant of me also to think that the PJ Tour was mostly played on American soil when it's just like, well, it doesn't have to. I mean, that's why, you know, you see guys tearing up overseas and, uh, like Justin Thomas uh, when he was winning overseas a bit. I mean, or overseas. It was the PJ Tour, for crying out loud. You got, you got somebody there in the room with you? <laughs> uh, yeah, my wife's blasting me right now. Sorry. <laughs> hey, you know what? We got a podcast first. <laughs> Don't worry. Just, it's just on a worldwide podcast. Number one podcast in Turkey, so they'll love that. <laughs> I love you know, we got to update those numbers because, yeah, number two in Canada, number one in Turkey. So thank you, Mrs. Ryan Armour. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to ask you, you've been on the tour a while. Like you mentioned, you've been through, through the ringer playing all sorts of fields. How was it that you managed to keep your motivation so long and then you ended up winning so late in your career? Yeah, I don't, you know, you go through a lot of self-doubt. I don't want to lie about that, but I mean, a lot of credit goes to my wife. She was a big motivator because she was just like, listen, you put in so much time. I've seen you play well. Money isn't an issue because I'm, I'm kind of a saver. I don't spend a lot. So I had a couple good years on tour and I, I only had one year from 2003 through 2015 where I had a net loss. So, really? you know, when you're on your own to only have one year as a net loss, not playing the PGA Tour, you did all right. And uh, I was able to save money. And I, like I said, I wasn't a big spender. And she was just like, let's be honest, what else are you going to do? <laughs> what was so that you degree? You put so much you time and energy. <laughs> Wait, whoa, 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 time out, time out. That, that's like, that. no wife would ever say that when it comes to golf. That's, that's... Yeah. Think about it, guys. Like, every single wife out there would net which she has completely the opposite view of that. <laughs> I agree with that. I mean, she was, you know, I'm luck. I'm one of the lucky ones. I mean, she's been nothing but supportive, and she understands when you got to go practice and, you know, you get up early, come home late. And, I mean, she's, she's pretty uh, good-natured about it all. Very good. Very good. So what was your fallback plan? What was that degree that you got from the Ohio State? Oh, come on, Nolan. It was communication. Uh, the professional athlete played Ohio State it University. It was communication. <laughs> You're right. <Yeah. laughs> so, funny story about that. I, I go into a I, – I started off in finance, and accounting is a weed out at Ohio State for the business school. And I go into accounting, first-level accounting. I think it's accounting 211. My spring of my sophomore year, and I hand the prof my schedule. And we're going to miss eight of 10 weeks that spring. And he just flat out goes, you are not passing my class. You might as well drop it right now. And I went, whoa, you're not even going to give me the chance. He goes, you got no chance. There's no way with this schedule you'll pass my class. I went so fast over to the academic counselor. I just go, how can I get out of this major? Because I can't pass this class. <laughs> Jesus. I, well, I mean, you're, you're, you're speaking to a college student, Zach, and no one, you went to college. I, I can't really because I haven't been to a academic institute yet, so. <laughs> I, I did accounting, so yeah, no, I could tell you, it is it's way too difficult. Not recommended <laughs> for anyone. Well, clearly I'm doing this, so. <laughs> <laughs> that accounting went a long way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, hey, we've been doing this. We've been doing this for a year, year and a half. Well, a year for the podcast, more for the website. And to be fair, I mean, as I was telling the fellas before we started recording, I've seen lots more podcasts being made now in terms of, especially with like everyone staying at home. And I've been an ardent podcast listener for over 10 years. And my joke to Zach was, Zach, we got to be careful. There's more podcasts than podcast listeners. And the number does not go in the listener's favor every day. It's just, that's, that's just the way this weird free industry works. But I mean... I, I, we look at this therapy. I, it's cathartic for me. I mean, I enjoy it. We get to meet a lot of great people. We get to like bullshit about a lot of fun things or whatever. And and who knows? It might turn into. I mean, this then things things start off smaller than this. So, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. So Ryan, you've always been someone I've like followed on tour, especially recently as I've gotten into following the players more. Partially, I know Jerry doesn't want me to bring it up because you have one of the lower driving distances on tour. And I always thought that was like, it made it more impressive to me that you could keep up with these guys driving at 50 yards farther. And have you felt yeah, like you had a huge disadvantage? There's more than one way to skin a cat, you know? And I don't know, my teacher and I have always looked at it. Um, ever since 2012 and 13, I really chased distance. And I probably played the worst golf of my career doing that. Uh, mm. I got in the gym, I worked out hard, I got bigger, stronger swing speed went up, but I lost touch. I lost accuracy. Um, and I know, you know, what the Brodies and the faucet to the world, the stats guys will say, always hit it further, hit it as close as you can to the green, your odds go up. Yeah. For me, it didn't work that way. And uh, I had to kind of get back to who I was. And, it, you know, I can reach back and maybe fly it 10 yards further than I normally do, but I lose that, that sense of control and confidence to hit fairways when I have to. And we just kind of went back to the philosophy, like if I hit double digit fairways every round, I'm going to get a lot of looks for birdie and we'll take our chances with that. Yeah. Do you so, feel there's some tracks though that you just can't compete at? Cause it's like some are clear. Bond. I would say there are certain courses I cannot win at. There are, I don't think there's any course in the world I can't compete. Yeah. Win. Uh, you know, there's a difference between winning and competing. Um, now, uh, I've tried to stay away from Tory South for the last three years. I mean, what about Ribs? Uh, God, I've never played good there, and I love that place. I think if I could get if I could get Rib at a different time of year, it'd be all right. It's just so soft in February. That's a good point. That, That's a very very good point that they play Rib so early in the year. I mean, it'd be so yeah, much different. Yeah, when they played the USM, I don't know if you guys remember that in August. I mean, they were hitting it so far. I'm like, no one I've ever played with. And I've played with Bubba and DJ there, and they have never hit it in the places these AMs were hitting it on mm. on those holes. I mean, it was just getting out there. They had, you know, it was warmer temperatures in August. It was bouncing. And we just don't get that. The, 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 gra the ground is soft and uh, almost really, really sticky. Well, so then, other than sorry to derail it, then. So, other than Tory, is there any place that? Because uh, this is something. Real quick, thank you for throwing me under the bus, Zach. He, he this started off with him saying, uh, "Hey, he's got a low driving average." I'm like, "Yeah, you can bring that up. I'm not bringing that up." And then he's just oh, like, okay. it doesn't offend me. I actually take kind of pride in it. I laugh about it all the time. I would take pride in it. That's my point. Everyone else is bombing it down. No, I just looked at like Zach. Zach wanted to talk about the opposite. That was all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always I kind of giggle about it all the time. Uh, Zach Johnson is too major for crying out loud and he can't hit out of his shadow and Jim Furyk has won major but one of the best golfers ever he can't hit out of his shadow ever it's not about distance I'm not saying it's about distance ever no I mean there there are spots I mean I'm not gonna like I brought up Tory like Wells Fargo is another example at, at uh Quail Hollow I mean those are certain golf courses that length is really really an advantage um but for the most part if you hit it where you're looking in you're going to play well. Okay. I mean, my issue, my issue at the beginning of this year is I haven't been hitting it where I'm looking. So. No, it's, well, we got to, we got to get your eyeballs on the prize there. Uh, so what would you say then? Cause I like to think there are some tracks out there and by tracks, we mean like maybe regular stops or maybe not a regular stop, so to speak, but what would suit per se the shorter hitters? Like every time I play colonial, when I'm playing tiger woods or something, I look at the trees and dangling from some of those tee boxes going like, Oh my God, if, if Jerry Lou was standing on this tee box and I like that like bubble style, I like to shape the ball all over. I'd, I'd be seeing branches in my way going, I can't move. I can't do anything. 
but the, right. but to me, Colonial's a great to example. Hill, Colonial's a great example. Harbortown's a great example. Um, the Wailiots and uh, Honolulu's a great example. Um, yeah. But I don't think there's any reason I can't compete at like Phoenix. Pebble's a perfect example. Anyone can win at Pebble Beach. Oh yeah. Anyone. And uh, you know, I think when I look back, I mean, Sanderson Farms isn't short where I won uh, Jackson Country Club. I mean, I just happened to hit it exactly where I was looking most of the time, and the putter got hot. So, you know, that's if you tough. hit it where that's you're tough. looking, it's like it always is. Yeah, I mean, if you hit it where you're looking and your putter gets hot, you're probably going to compete at any level. Yeah, I, I, I dig that. I mean, that's why, like, Brad Faxon was so successful, but then also why, like, Jordan Spieth, when his, like, fire was at its hottest or Tiger, it's all about the putting. It's always about the putting. I mean, that's oh, – I mean, I, at, at the start of our website, I tried to be, like, the picks expert, and I tried to go based off of strokes game putting, and thank you very much, Brian Gay. I got a lot of egg on my face, but, I mean, it's it just it, – it's it's hard to factor all the stuff in, but obviously, like I I always say, like whoever's putting hottest is going to win. I mean, you've probably seen that a lot, right? I mean, you do. Certain guys have a little more firepower in their game that if they're just putting halfway decent, you know they're going to be in the top ten. So then it's a crapshoot on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rory just told, <laughs> I mean, I'll give you an example. I was paired with Dustin the final round at Memorial a year ago. Or two years ago, maybe it might have been. I can't remember. And we're on number ten, and the whole four ninety uphill. And I hit it out on the dog leg, and I have six iron in to a back left pin. Not bad. He takes it. He takes it over the corner of the bunker. It's a three seventeen carry. Three hundred seventeen <laughs> yards carry. He flips a little lob wedge in there and hits it to like you know a foot and a half. Taps in before I even read my twelve footer. And I'm walking up because the other guy we're playing with is hacking it out of the bunker. And I'm like, great shot, DJ. He's like, yours is better. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You just got to tap. And he goes, dude, I'm playing a different golf course. <laughs> so, that's, a point. You know, that's, so. Oh, that's a good That's a good point. I like that. He goes, you know, and some of the guys get it. I mean, you know, they know who they're playing with. I mean, it's, you know, say, you know, there's not many guys who can carry that bunker at 317 and he just flies it right over it. And he, he gets sure. it. You know, that's a course that's tailor made for him. He can cut cut off all the bunkers and he's flipping wedges where we're going around him. I'm oh, sure yeah. you love you love playing Memorial. Is that probably one of your, I mean, being from Ohio, right? Uh, it is. I love it. I mean, the course is, it's hard for me at the length I hit it, but. You know, I think I finished top 25 there the last two years. So, the, you know, those are good weeks. Oh, hell yeah. 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 I have a real good story about Memorial this year, though. Uh, I, I got the, I was paired with Tiger in the third round in a two-ball. And uh, so they introduced Tiger. He's first to hit, and they're like, you know, from Hope Sound, Florida, Tiger Woods, place goes bananas. And they go – so Memorial is one of the few places you can actually change where you're from. So instead of them saying I'm from Silver Lake, Ohio, I always put the Ohio State University. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So, so, you know, the, the first tea announcer just goes in from the Ohio State University. And before he could even say my name, the place went ballistic. Love and it. we're walking down one and Joe LaCava goes, all right, that's a first. Tiger got out of out ovation on the first tee. <laughs> uh, there you go. So, that's perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty pretty special place. That's like, that's impressive. They didn't, that's... didn't even hear what golfer it was. Like from the Ohio State University, it's like ah, it's just like yeah, Aaron yeah. Battle. It's like what what ah, <laughs> yeah, they didn't care. <laughs> so are you a are you a big? I'm sure growing up you're a big Jack fan then. Absolutely, absolutely. I watched the '86 Masters last night. all right well that that gets me to the question then i mean you grew up playing with tiger and you've played with him your whole career who's who takes the cake man (laughs) who do you like between tiger and jack you can answer it however you want you don't have to go directly but um so not your take i'm gonna kind of be politically correct on this one which, <laughs> That's is, okay. is, which is very not like me 
But uh, I, have ne- I have never played with Mr. Nicholas back in the day. So I didn't see how dominant he was. I had seen up close how dominant Tiger is at every level. And if Mr. Nicholas is better than him, then God bless him because it, I would love to see the two in their prime go at it because it, it, what Tiger was able to do at every level that I've competed against him is unbelievable. Oh, yeah, that's, I, mean, that, I think that's a, definitely a testament to Jack's um, um, legacy. Um, so, as you say, Mr. Nicholas, you're a proper Ohio native, saying it the right way. Um, uh, it, I mean, he had longevity, which, like, even even, and that's the thing. Like, I always love to throw at Nolan to be like, "Oh, the only thing Tiger doesn't have is like, but nobody has is Ty, is Jack's entire career, and Tiger had like." you know, his star burned the brightest for nine years, brighter than any professional athlete that we can really measure. But uh, Jack Nicholas was there the whole time from like the 60s through the 70s through the 80s. I mean, it was just, he was ruling decades. And if it weren't for guys like Lee Trevino spouting up or whatever, I mean, there weren't too many guys who really had his number. What was that when, wasn't it like 98 or something? He got within like two of the lead on the back nine. Yep. Oh yeah. He's 58 years old. I mean, that's unbelievable. That was uh, at 98 Augusta, the year Marco Mero won? I think so. He got to within like two of the lead or it might have been 96 or 8. I, I can't remember which year. but It, it uh, wasn't yeah. Tiger year 97. You're right. It was, I think it, it was, you're right, 98, Ryan. It was 98 because it was because it, Tiger had already not necessarily arrived, but he already won his first major. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I remember thinking whatever age it was, it's much like, gosh, Tom Watson. Um, uh, going up in the uh, the Open Championship about Open. ten years oh, ago. Oh. Bernard Man, Langer feel, was in like the second so bad for Stewart. Thing. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, Stewart's Stewart. the, ni- the nicest chap out there, obviously. Oh and my then, god! He's and he's got to be the one who knocks out Tom's crutch when he's like needing it the most. I mean, he's been the even Tom said like <laughs> in the seventy third team, I'm tired. I mean, Jesus, yeah. the man was fifty eight years old. He's gonna oh set a precedent that would have been. I'm sorry, Nolan. That might have been the coolest thing ever if Tom Watson would have won a major championship like well past the Golden Fifty. I mean, I remember watching. I think it would have been the coolest thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's see, oh, it's, you're right. Stu had to. Stu had to keep us from quite possibly the coolest thing in golf, and and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. That's why we don't really give him too much crap for it. <laughs> um, I got more Tiger stuff for you. Um, all right. <laughs> Um, he's our Tiger writer, sorry. <laughs> I have to. He's probably going to bring up Portland. I, I didn't bring it up. You just brought it up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Waverly Country Club. Um, yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty close here to where I'm, I'm sitting right now. Um, uh-huh. You had a two-up lead on the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, I did. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Tell me what yeah. happened after. What? Okay, what was going through your mind when you gained that two-up lead? I think you birdied a uh, hole, and then Tiger missed a par putt. I birdied 15 to go one up, and then he three-putted 16, the par three down the hill towards the river Yeah. Uh, for me to go two up. And then 17 had played the hardest hole all week, this dog leg right on the river I me mean, back then i don't know how long it was 420 or 430 it was super long for me i didn't know where um the tiger's the longest guy in the field and i always hit this like three wood out to the corner and like a five iron to the front edge of the green he played it that way all week and I, I don't think i had made a bogey on the hole playing it that way so i was like well if he's gonna make birdies he's gonna have to make birdies to beat me and i did the same thing i you know hit an iron to the front of the green, put it up to, you know, gimme range. And he had about a 12 footer for birdie and holds it. And then 18 was a really long par five. I couldn't reach it. So I, I played it as a three shot hole. Every time I played the hole, I had two iron off the tee. I hit it like a three iron down the fairway and a pitching wedge to the green. And I did the same thing, hit it like 15 feet left of the hole and was over the right front bunker. He did it in the right rough, and I, I remember seeing him take out three wood. He's like, oh, my, oh my God, he's going to go for it. And he hit it, he hit it in his bunker probably about 35, 40 yards short of the green. 
that's how long that right bunker used to go. I don't know what the restoration looks like now, but there used to be a bunker front right of the green along the river that uh, it went for a long way. And he had like a 35, 40 yard bunker shot to a tucked pin. He hit it like eight feet behind the hole. I hit this 15 footer. I thought I made it. Went like a foot past. He gave it to me. And then he holds it to go to sudden death or, you know, extra holes as the USGA calls it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of an anticlimactic finish. I hit kind of a crappy seven iron into the green on one and lagged it up there about, I had like 50 or 60 feet and hit it about four feet past the hole. He had like 28 feet and he left it about two and a half feet underneath, underneath the hole. And I missed the four footer down the hill kind of horseshoot on me. Actually, I thought I made it. And then he tapped in from two and a half feet for the win. Now, it sounds like you've definitely told that story a bit. I mean, as, as uh, I don't know, you know, probably every interview I've ever given. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who were listening, that was the 93 uh, U.S. Junior AM out here at Waverly Country Club. Um, Another funny story about that week is I beat Charles Howell in the semifinals. Really? Yeah. Dude, three Charles times. Nice. Nice. Charles and I always joke around about it. Yeah, he has a very. I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big advocate of trying to make Charles Howell the third one of the greatest players without a major. Just in that, me and Kip Henley have actually talked about it, where he makes so many cuts that he literally plays twice as much golf as anybody else. So who cares how much oh, money he's? Nobody has logged more signed scorecards than that guy in the past twenty years. I mean, his level of consistency is amazing. Him and Furyk. I mean, I know Furyk has a major, but I mean Furyk. I mean, I'd like to have a comma in his retirement account right now. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. But I mean, if you look at, because I, I always, I hate to say it, I always stick to the money leaders when it comes to, like the PJ Tour. Like, and and Charles Howell is uh, at twentieth, twenty second, hovering right around there. He's doing really good. And Furyk's actually like fifth. There, it's it's, yeah. it's like it's Tiger, Phil, VJ, uh, uh, Dustin Johnson, and Jim Furyk are like the top five earners on the PJ Tour all time. I mean, so Jim's up there. I mean, he's yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's got. So, uh, Nolan, if you got another question uh, chambered up real quick, Zach, I know we got some Twitter questions for Ryan. I'm going to get some housekeeping out of the way real quick. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching us on YouTube right now. If you're subscribed to our YouTube channel right, <laughs> right. now, if not, do so. Do so. It's the wave of the future, even though it's a, well into the 21st GD century. Also, please visit, for all your head cover needs, gorsegolf.com. We are proudly brought to you by Gorse Golf Head Covers. My boy, Crazy, and his lovely wife, Christine, make wonderful head covers out there that are just as good as anything else you see and literally half the price and if you put in our promo code from the back tees all one word you get an additional 10 percent off your purchase please from the back tees all one word in the promo code 10 percent off and from the back uh ftbt pod questions at gmail.com is our email for any questions but please subscribe to the youtube channel we're having a ball with this and it's gonna get nothing but better so, Zach, you got anything you want to uh, uh, share with? Uh... Well, I know the tour schedule, it just they came out with a revised schedule today. So, one, how confident are you that they're going to be sticking to this and nothing will change? And two, if it is, how excited are we that we're finally going to get some sports back? Uh, what, which one did you see? I saw the one with the PJ Championship <laughs> August 3rd to 9th. So, I guess not that confident that it's going to happen. Well, it's, that's just the majors. Yeah, no, and then it also had, like, the Wyndham, August 10th to 16th, Northern Trust. Yeah. They were talking about yeah. doing the memorial with no fans, right? Yeah. Yes. No, that, no, that that won't happen. I, I, the memorial is, is adamant that they're going to have fans, so they're going to – the last I heard is memorial will move, and that's from the memorial tournament itself. The memorial is willing to move the state to July so that they can have fans. Okay, uh, and then I mean we're still t- targeting a date of like that May 18th starting time. Uh, that is not confirmed, but we're we're still targeting that as a start date. And uh, as of right now, that's Colonial. Uh, you know, they the way I understand it is they will give us 30 days notice if that if we will be able to play because international players have to get over here and then probably self-quarantine for a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, before they're able to be out in public practicing and all that kind of stuff. 
uh, and to make it fair. I mean, it, logistically, this what the tour is trying to do is pretty much a nightmare for everybody. I mean, they're working so hard at headquarters right now, and I mean, I don't want to, you know, pump up the higher brass, but they're they're working overtime and a half right now, trying to piece together a schedule for the rest of the year. It's not so much for you guys as the employees making money. I mean, us fans, the droves and droves of fans short for fanatic, you know, I mean, and, and whatever the sport, it's, you know, we've all been, doesn't matter what your choice is here, we've all been kind of put in a hiatus. I mean, even professional Absolutely. golfers like yourself have favorite sports that you're not watching right now. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I've never watched so many 30 for 30s in my life. <laughs> well, you should watch those in the first place, dog. Those are great. <laughs> Wait, all right, real quick question What's your favorite 30 for 30? Uh, Lakers Celtics. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, see now, that's a, you know, I'm a, I'm a closet Lakers fan being from Oregon and whatnot, but ultimately my favorite for 30 for 30 was, uh, four days in October. That one about the uh, Red Sox coming back on the Yankees. Oh, Oh, it's good. It's, it's, it's terrible. Good. Just watch fever pitch. Well, Nolan is, <laughs> Nolan is a Yankees fan, so that is valid. But I mean, in terms of, Hey, Nolan, Bill Simmons said it best in the, in the documentary. Why do they bunt on Schilling every time? Why do they bunt at him every time if his foot was all busted up? It was busted up. It wasn't a hoax. Why do they hit it at Schilling every time? And that's it. Oh, it was just theatrics. <laughs> it was not. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he painted that with a Sharpie in the dugout, didn't he? Yeah, that's oh, right. good. Oh, see, okay, you know what? Watch the doc. It's a, it's a really good one. It's one of my favorites. And like I said, I'm a Dodger fan. I got no skin in the fight whatsoever. So, <laughs> I, I think what – but back to your thing about the schedule, I think what most of us are having a hard time is like, I'm lucky down here. The weather's good. And one of the golf courses I belong to is actually still open. Uh, another one is closed because of the virus, but I could actually go out and play and practice and just to stay, you know, with the game and maintain healthiness and all that stuff. But most guys, you know, may live in a state where they, they're not allowed to go out and play golf. Mm-hmm. And then there's no target date. So they need to give us that date so we can start setting our goals, knowing when to amp up our bodies, amp up our mental practice. And, you know, just in the routine of like, okay, I got to start here in 21 days. So I probably need to go somewhere to, for the guys that can't practice where they're at, I need to go somewhere to, you know, kind of get this body in in motion. Oh, yeah, knock the rust off. I mean, this is, as I was just telling a friend of mine today, coming into this little lockdown phase, I was in the wrong spot golf-wise because I like to think I'm mentally myself pretty okay at golf or where I should be. But coming into this little lockdown, I was on a down, like a down slope. So now it's like, oh, so now when I come out of this, if I don't practice enough or play enough, I'm going to come out lower than I started as opposed to like, oh, no. I mean, reset it. Reset it. That's what I'm I trying did. to, I dog. Mean, I got I got a 12:30 tea time at Old McDonald tomorrow, and I don't know how I'm gonna not break 90. That's that, that's like where my brain's at right now. <laughs> There's no, no expectations. Have no expectations. Come on, man. Thank you. No, I need to. You're, he's right. He said it. You, Ryan Armour, told me best. I'm gonna carry it with me. I reset. Just get it back down. Yeah, reset. Well, as as you guys know, Ryan doesn't know, but well, I'm out in West Palm now, so there's no. All the courses are closed. I'm currently attempting to make my mini tour debut, which is very oh, concerning. Oh, I'm a terrible golfer, by the way. It's just going to be good, good video. Reset. <laughs> reset. But we got, you must, you must know Reed Martin, you know, like the seven foot caddy on tour. He's Who's Hubbard's that? caddy. Do you know Hubbard's caddy, Reed Martin? Uh, oh, yeah, I know Hubbard's caddy. Yeah, okay. So we're like good buddies with him, and he's going to come out and caddy for me at the event and hopefully i don't shoot 100 over that's the over under where are you going i have no idea at the moment it's all gone to that's uh, how strong his mental game is he doesn't even know the time or place does not matter i'm aiming i was aiming for this year but now it's looking like it might be delayed to like early next year you know this this you know zach this could be a fun bit it won't work right now for ryan but it could work for future guests where we keep stringing along without telling them your handicap but your mini tour aspirations all the same (laughs) yeah they're like oh guys coming for my job no i'm going to be so far behind second to last place you have no idea but you're on record of having the strongest mental game i've ever heard anyone say they have that's true i do (laughs) 
nothing phases me. Four putt, I'm on to the next. <laughs> All right, I like it. Does not matter. Is that not a badge of honor? How there, I can think of millions of golfers who cannot think that way. And Zach's already overcome. Like we're trying to overcome the first nine hurdles. He just jumped over the tenth. Yeah, and he's yeah. gonna throw out the rest later. <laughs> I hit it in the water ten times in a row. Still going for it. Hey, yeah, you got another <laughs> ball, right? Exactly. Uh, Is there no, a limit to the amount of balls you could use? What if no, I need like forty? Not that I know of. As long as they're all the same. Do you get a time penalty on a hole if you just can't finish the hole? <laughs> the people well, in your group might get a little upset. Well, we got to ask Kevin Nas taking a couple big numbers, and I, whether he, no matter how hard he was trying or not, those numbers equal time, especially when you're hacking it up in the briars. I mean, <laughs> or, yeah. or look at Jordan Smith at Burkdale, I mean, in 17. Which, by the way, folks, I'm sorry. For years, I've been saying he won in 15. That was a mistake of mine. I apologize. I don't know where that came from. <clears throat> so, um, Zach, do we have uh, – unless, Nolan, you can uh, throw an extra question here while Zach queues up the uh, Twitter questions. Uh, yeah. But uh, what, do, what do we got, fellas? Yeah, I got them up here. So, we got a couple Twitter questions. We sent out some feelers. Uh, Dustin Diaz, uh, PGA professional, he asked – what young player do you think is going to be the next breakout star? Ooh. No, wait, hold on. Wait, 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 hold on, guys. Let, let's, let's quantify what a breakout star is. Are we talking like Victor Hovland, Matt Wolf, or something less than that? We're talking Victor Hovland, Matt Wolf. Good. Okay. Now, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if he hasn't broken out already, but I said this last fall, I thought Sun JM would be number one in the world at some point. That's a big guy. Yeah, a pounder. The guy's a pounder. And the only thing that would allow him not to get the number one in the world is he plays too much, I think. Really? Mm. I'm sure now he's probably going to slow it down, especially after winning. Oh, I don't know. I don't think know he's he gonna knows it out? better. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Thank you, Ryan. Good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I love that pick, though. Sung J.M. is a baller, and – yeah, he he's got a long career ahead of him. Hopefully, oh, absolutely. Well, if I if I knew that pick like a couple months ago, I'd be a rich man right about now. <laughs> well, yeah, Zach, you Zach, you and I have been picking since the beginning. We haven't gotten Dick right here. I mean, so that it's like, is yeah, correct. He would have been rich man. Lots of opportunities. <laughs> if you would have known that early, you could have just funded that mini tour career for a long time. That's right. Now <laughs> I just got one event. <laughs> I thought you were going to say me, to be honest. I'm a little hurt. <laughs> I wonder what the longest stint on a mini tour is. Like, who has got the longest career? <laughs> um, oh, you, like, who, who's, the, who's the Crash Davis of, a, of a mini tours? Well, I, you got to look up Pat, Patrick Sheehan. You got to look him up in Orlando, man. He's just I'm crushing right. the mini tours? Oh, he, well, I mean, he's played on tour before, but he has this philosophy like if they're going to pay me to play I might as well go or, or, or what he said if I'm going to play golf anyway I might as well go play to make money so he plays all these moonlights and one day events in Orlando and he's won over like 300 of them <laughs> know, right. if you could win them why not so you said his name was Pat Sheehan yeah alright cool I wrote that down I'm definitely going to do a deep dive when we uh, when we conclude this uh, are there this are there restrictions in playing in the mini tour events? Because I know they are still running a couple. Are PGA Tour players allowed to enter? I don't know any restrictions. You pay, you play. Yeah. Because I think I mean, now the couple, fields are getting stronger. There's been a couple off-seasons off down here in Jupiter. I've been so bored to go play some minor league events. I mean, just go play. Yeah. Good point. Well, question like number two. That was a good answer. Good pick. Uh, well, this was what were you relative to power for the week and versus Tiger at the USM? But oh, I don't know. I mean, it's match play, so yeah, he may have played. He may have played more holes than me. I may have played less. You know, I, I yeah. have no clue. Not not a good question, Grant. But <laughs> no, well, not not necessarily. I mean, it's it, some I think people in the two rounds. It. I think in the two rounds of stroke play, he did beat me. I finished. He finished. Let me think. I think I want to say he finished like third or fourth in stroke play. Teddo was the medalist, if I remember. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, Tiger beat Ted in the semis, and I finished like I don't know between twenty-five and thirty-five in the 
the the two rounds of stroke play. Yeah. Oh well, here's a good one. I think it's what would a scratch player shoot at the Masters or U.S. Open? He said he played Royal St. George when he was a scratcher plus one and shot eighty five. Um. Wow. If he went to if he went to the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. With crowds or without crowds? We'll, we'll just say without crowds. That's, without nope, see, crowds, that's exactly a good, a good question. Player, a scratch player without crowds would not break 90. A scratch player with crowds would not break 100. Really? Oh. So you think the no. crowd, as in the atmosphere, creates that much of a, Absolutely. like... Absolutely. Yeah. If you're not used to it. Ryan, I knew you were I knew you guys were good, man, but I didn't know you guys were freaking astronauts. I mean, in terms of, like, handling that type of pressure because it's do. easy for us to say, like, oh, oh, I wouldn't think about the crowds <laughs> there watching me, but you don't see them there. But, I mean, it's just, like, I, I when you – those – I believe your figures, I just look like, oh, really, the crowd has 10 strokes just because they're there? Jesus. I thought you'd get a few banks off the, the grandstands or something. I think Ricky just did this uh, on something about the players. Like, what would a scratch player – shoot at the players championship and he went through it like on thursday he would shoot this because it's softer but by sunday it's so firm and fast like he wouldn't know how to adjust and he just said yeah he'd probably shoot 85 to 88 thursday and friday and then it would be up in the high 90s come saturday and sunday because it gets so firm and fast and they wouldn't know what to do i love that you heard it here first from Ryan. Ricky Ricardo said if you went to sawgrass he would shoot no i'm kidding sorry we all know who ricky is well, as Kevin Kisner says, this ain't no hobby. So, no, Jerry, <laughs> not anyone point. could go out. The point is one of the. <laughs> what yeah. else you got? Anything else? Oh well, I have something very good. I lost it for a second. Oh no. Well, let me. Let me I mean, uh, let me ask you real quick, Ryan. You play basketball, point guard? Uh, we off guard, but. We kind of just – whoever had it just brought it up. It didn't matter in our offense. We were just kind of – we played an open post and just tried oh. to uh, go as fast as we could. I was going to say, well, I'm, okay, then I guess I was about to say, what what was your dominant skill? But I guess what, speed or what? Yeah, we kind of uh, – we, we pushed it all over the court. Uh, I always – my 11-year-old is playing travel ball. Well, not anymore because of COVID, but <laughs> – he was playing travel ball and they pressed nonstop too. And he's like, man, dad, I'm tired. I'm like, try doing it 28 straight minutes, but that's how, and, you know, that's, that's how you win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's how my old man, yeah. they, they won 77 state championship because they had the best transition offense and they like full court pressed your ass all day. I mean, it was just the one, yeah. two, that was it. Yeah, and that's all we did. We just tried to get people to turn it over, turn it over, turn it over. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, so long as you don't get gassed and so long as you have good stamina, I mean, just being in somebody's face all day, just being fast-paced all day, eventually your opponent's going to crack. That's literally how I play chess with people. I mean, whether it's chess, golf, basketball, whatever, it's just like, just get in their face. Just like, just, just, just keep messing with them. Yeah, just keep messing with them so they can't focus ever. Zach, what do you got? Oh, yeah. So back on the quotes, this is one of the rare things you can find on the PGA Tour site. So are you still living by your motto of have you worked hard enough today? And if so, have you worked uh, hard enough today? I, I don't think I have. I mean, I did do a 15-mile bike ride, but this whole homeschooling thing uh, has had to take a little hiatus. Hey, that's hard my work. work. So that is yeah. hard work. <laughs> it is. I mean, I don't know how much it's keeping my sanity. but <laughs> Are you doing uh, the Peloton against uh, Rory and those guys? No, no, Zach. No. No, I, I do it outside. I'm on a bridge somewhere, like with a helmet and everything. Fair. Oh yeah. You no, got to get on the peloton. I have routes. I have routes around here in Jupiter. I do, and I mean that's part of the great thing about living here that we can always do our exercises outside. That's true. Yeah. Hey, you can do Sorry, it. Sorry, my bike's back. You can do it here in Oregon too. It just might be wetter and colder. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, is there a hostage situation going on? She's <laughs> <laughs> doing something now. <laughs> well, so, I mean, hey, it's... We're, just uh, trying, it's to, hey, we're trying to keep those ratings up in Turkey, man. 
That's hey, thank you. Well, no, I mean, if, if she says anymore, we we're we, it's legally obligated. We have to show her face, and she has to be a, an episode cast member. So, I mean, <laughs> all right, hang on. How do I flip it? There we go. I was going to be a guest appearance. Oh my god! What is so the, dog, the dog's trying to save her? The dog's trying to save her. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's gold. Oh, I'm so glad we are on YouTube now. That was, that was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Armour. Yeah, uh, so this, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Nolan, unless you got anything else, Zach wraps up every episode with a little Canadian fingerprint that he likes to put on uh, the show. Uh, Nolan, do you got anything? Um, let's see. Okay, so you are a basketball fan. Who's your, who's your NBA team? Wait, you don't have to have something. I just was asking if you had anything. Well... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a Cavs fan. So yeah. I grew here's interesting. I grew up a Lakers fan. Double uh, props. I, I, I loved good. I loved the Magic, loved Magic, and then my brother went to the same high school as LeBron. So I kind of adapted uh, or adopted the Cavs. And ever since LeBron went to the Lakers, I just haven't been able to go back to the Lakers yet. So I'm mm-hmm. still holding on the Cavs. You're right. Yeah, you were in a very interesting seat in terms of like uh, how to like really the, the two teams and where you're from and what you view. I mean, that's an interesting position. Hmm. Yeah. Was your yeah, heart ripped out when he left for Miami? The Miami one hurt. Uh, the Lakers one didn't because he brought the title to Cleveland. And, yeah. Uh, I was kind of, I don't know, doing what I do for a living as an athlete. I look at it like – he did everything he could. Now it's his time to go wherever he wants. Totally. That's a, that's a very, that's a very uh, estimated way to put it. I like that. Yeah. All right, Zach. Yeah. All right. So the, the door. So we've been starting this Canadian trivia now because as a Canadian site, and now I've been overtaken by all the Americans who work on it. Is that true? <laughs> no, wait, but wait, what's our demographic though still? We're, uh, we're 90% American. Wow. Okay. Five percent Irish, five percent Canadian. So we. No, got... wait, I'm not talking about our staff. I'm talking about our fans. Oh, more American, but we're okay. close. I had number one in Turkey. Don't forget that. Number one in Turkey. Number one son in Turkey. <laughs> uh, so we've had a couple PGA Tour guys on. Sebastian Kaplan. He's the most impressive at two and zero. But we got we got a lot of offers. So the question today is. We're running out of questions. This is getting desperate. Least populated province in Canada. It's multiple choice. So don't look it up. But Wait, say the question off. again. What was the question again? You were muffled on my end. The least populated province in Canada. Got it. So is it A, Yukon, B, Nunavut, C, Prince Edward Island, or D, Northwest Territories? The first guest will go to... Jerry, as he is leading the overall standings at nine and seven. All right, well, to, let, let's break this down. Isn't A and D the same thing, Yukon and Northwest Territories? No, it is not. Okay, all right, fair. Uh, my answer is A, Yukon. Okay, Nolan? I'm going to yeah, go give with... you a lot of time to think, Nolan. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate it. Um, since I've never heard of it, I'm going to go with Nunavut. <laughs> Ryan? This is your chance. Uh, how did you say that one that he just said? <laughs> That's why they call you Joe Dirt instead of Nunamaker. <laughs> Zach, I have no uh, idea man, how to Zach say it. Asked, how do you pronounce B? Oh, oh, I thought you were asking Nolan. It's Nunavut. Yeah, Nolan didn't pronounce uh, it right. <laughs> I'm going with that one. You're going with Nunavut? Okay. Uh-huh. You guys are probably right. It's the one I, I haven't heard the about. Correct I, didn't even know that was a, I didn't even know that was a province. Well, provinces and territories, we sort of mesh them together. They're Canadian. Yeah, we, we do our own thing. The correct answer, with a population of 39,000 people, it is Nunavut. <laughs> oh, son of a... This is the game. Way to go. It's a multiple choice. This game is the worst. Okay, well... The bad news is, Jerry, now you're back to tied with Nolan. Uh, Ryan, congratulations on the undefeated record. You're now going to have to come back and defend your correct answer. Or we will shame you on the internet for never returning. So. <laughs> no, I'll take it. 
Uh, so, um, yeah, Ryan, Zach, Nolan, this has been a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, Ryan, is there anything else you want to plug? I mean, I followed you on Twitter while we were doing this just because you're a good yeah. hang. But, I mean, is there – like like we said earlier, I know there might not be, but, I mean, literally, is there any charity? Is there somewhere we can read uh, when your kids My wife and I do some stuff down here for – my wife and I do some stuff down here for kids, but we don't publicize it a lot. But if anyone could, uh, any of your listeners, reach out. Uh, DJ Gregory does walking for kids on the PGA Tour. Um, he walks every event, every round of every event on the PGA Tour. Right, And uh, right now we're off, so he's not raising any money for these kids. And uh, I think that's a good one to look out for. I wrote that down, absolutely. I mean, these are the small nuggets that we like to pass around. So we uh... – we definitely appreciate that, and uh, we'll be uh, re-corresponding with DJ Gregory as soon as possible. So, Nolan, is there anything you want to share with, uh, with the class? No. Uh, Ryan, it was, it was great having you on. Uh, thanks again. Hopefully hopefully, we can do this again sometime, and uh, stay safe out there. You too, man. Enjoyed it. And, Zach, do you got anything you want to share with the, with the group or with the, uh, with the dozens and dozens of listeners? No, as everyone knows, we're expanding to a full website, all sports at this point, from the stadium.com. Very excited to be expanding to that. And, uh, yeah, we hope everyone follows along and checks out our YouTube page. You get to look at Ryan's lovely uh, basketball net. So. Oh, oh Ryan, Ryan's got the best all-time eyebrows on the podcast ever. This guy is Absolutely. dominant. That's because you haven't had Bowditch on yet, man. You know, yeah, I, guess I, I love Bowditch on. I, I love Bowditch, but that's a little sensitive because half the good material around him is kind of, you know, I mean. Oh, but he's great. He'll go with it. He'll go with the flow. Well, hey, you know, we appreciate that. That's a little insider fuel. We appreciate that very much, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again, Ryan. And, uh, hey, you cannot catch me caddying at Band of Dunes because we are closed until May 1st, but then book your trips and book Jerry Lewis, your caddy. And you know where to find me on Twitter. No shout-outs this week. See you guys. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. toward the hole, and it's in. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.